VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 713, recorded on February 14th, 2024. Hello, and welcome to the 713th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast, and 546... Wow. Let me try that again. Hello... No. Hello, and welcome to the 713... Wow. Okay, hold on. Okay. Hello, and welcome... Hello, and welcome to the 713th... Why am I... Oh, that's why. It's There's an erd on that, I'm like, Okay. Hello and welcome to the 713th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 546th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Dirk. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. Right. So, um, what have you been playing, TJ? Tekken. Tekken and more Tekken. I have uh, invested my life into Tekken 8 and... uh, am uh, dead set on becoming very, very dangerous with the bear. There is a, there is a Kung Fu bear in the game known as Kuma. He is uh, Heihachi's favorite child. Uh, they raised him from a cub. He is his uh, fighting partner. And uh, now that Heihachi's gone, Kuma is looking to avenge his master as, uh, as, as the resident bear of the Mishima family. I uh, also he's a he's a hard hitting grizzly bear like and the the character is just wild and fun to play in Tekken 8 because the of its it's got this heat system where every character can kind of like power up for a little bit and get unique benefits but depending on what the character is capable of and for Kuma he ha- he gets a nasty little uppercut and uh, can roll over opponents with one of his stance changes. So, I've been having a blast with him. I've uh, I've been demolishing folks, and uh, Tekken 8 is great. It's a it's a really good game for like people who have been fans of the series forever, and people that want to jump in. What have you been playing, Scott? I'm playing <clears throat> uh, Reverie, and um, I think I was uh, yeah, just mostly Reverie. I'm, I'm getting close to the end of it, so I'm going to be finishing that up. And then we'll probably play something else afterward. After that, huh. I just haven't decided yet. I downloaded uh, Persona 3 Reload and uh, also Bloodstained, two games I haven't played. So at some point I'm going to play them. I've just been so busy. I played Bloodstained. I haven't played Persona. I enjoyed the Bloodstained game. It's uh, definitely a Castlevania, Metroidvania. Metroidvania. Oh game it's um, made by the gay, uh, guy who invented yeah. castlevania yeah. so yeah so it's it's really good from what i understand he just took everything that were good he made it into the game and added some new stuff Mm-hmm. so i think that he's still working on it too doing other stuff with it we well, did a sequel um yeah he did a sequel i don't know what he's doing now but Anyways, uh, there aren't much quick news. Um, there's stuff we could discuss, but I'm going to wait until next week to see what happens. Uh, for now, we're just going to deal with the main news. Uh, go ahead, TJ. 
Sure. The make the makers of Pal World are desperate to hire more developers from PC Gamer. Pal World developer Pocket Pair is pouring nearly half a million dollars every month into keeping the game's servers up, which it can afford to do because Pal World is a massive hit. But it still needs help from in the form of people. At Pal World, we still have a lot to do, but we are overwhelmingly short of people to to join us. The studio tweeted on its Japanese account, as translated by Deep L. We are looking for people of all positions, but we are especially looking for planning and engineers. We are looking for people with experience in any type of engine, so if you are interested in creating a completely new type of game, please apply. The Twitter auto-translation is a little more Pal World-esque. We are severely lacking in friends. It's not the worst problem in the world to have, but it is a problem. Pal World is a massive success, surpassing 19 million players across Steam and Xbox as of January 31st, less, of, less than two weeks after it launched. Its concurrent player count on Steam has, ta- tally, has tailed off from those heady days, but Pal World is still one of the most played games on Steam, currently being outpaced only by the per- perennial number one, Counter-Strike 2. The good news for prospective can, uh, candidates is that pa- Pocket Pair is not is not like wait is not working in is not like working in Power World. In other words, is Power like World is Power. depressing and and oppressive in Power World. <laughs> the studio's English language website promises flexible hours, comprehensive benefits. And basically non-existent over time, and says without a hint of irony, the era of making games while suffering is over. If only the poor pals were given such consideration. I think it's nice that they're not, you know, they're not doing Mr. Crunch. Yeah, and uh, what a wild launch that game has had. Like they, I've heard, I've heard folks say that like it's not a great game, that it's really rough around the edges, but it's also super early access. Like literally, yeah, I mean, it's early, early access. access. It's first, it's gonna be around. It's gonna be you know rough around the edges. Have you had a chance to delve into it yet, Jenna? Uh, a little bit, but here's the thing: is that you know I already know what it is. It's Ark Survival Evolved, except without dinosaurs. You have Pokemon. That's basically what it is. It, that, that's precisely what it is. Um, it's rough around the edges enough that I really don't want to play it in this state. I'd rather wait to, uh, for it to be finished. But I, I, I already know where it's going. If you really like uh, Ark Survival Evolved, play this. Yeah, it, it it does seem like it has a lot in common with that. Same with like Conan Exiles, but less dong sliders. But uh, the uh, the game has like been still like it got to a point where it actually managed to outdo Counter Strike Two as far as most concurrent players ever on Steam, which is an amazing feat of in itself because Counter Strike has had that spot that slot like that number two spot forever and PUBG is the only one that's ahead of it anymore but like that'll probably never be beaten because at one point PUBG had like 3 million people playing it at one time a lot of, a lot of the negative reviews of Powell are complaints that the co-op isn't working right of course it's early access you know but I, that shows you where a lot of the focus is going for a lot of players is that they want to do co-op in it yeah and uh, there's also there, there's been a few issues where like if you do things a certain way, you risk uh, having your progress either blocked or just stopped or, or erased. Like there was, I think, one where uh, if you had too many 
too many uh, people in the same clan, it would crash the game and you would lose your progress. I hope these people weren't expecting to keep their progress when early access ended. Yeah, no doubt. And, like, we've seen that, too, with Baldur's Gate 3, right? Like, where, like, it was such a long time in early access, but they need those people to help test it. And uh, I think it's pretty common with a lot of games where if you have an older state of the game and they update it, and now you need to start over because the update, uh, it'll, it'll re- the old save file will reference the uh, previous state of the game and needs to reference the new state of the game. So that's why the save file has to be replaced. Yeah. And uh, I think you kind of you kind of have to go in with a sense that if you're going in on early access, it's not like crowdfunding but you are going in with the idea that this game is going to be updated frequently it's usually going to break old builds and whatever you have is not going to exist in 1.0 it doesn't hurt that a lot of people are playing for free on game pass on both pc and xbox so you have that additional number of people who are just enjoying it i mean people on steam paid for it but you still have innumerable people who are probably playing it on um you know on game on game pass just to check it out Mm mm-hmm and half a million dollars every month, that's a lot. I didn't know that, was that much they were paying for servers. Thankfully, Microsoft probably gave them a hefty chunk of change, aside from the amount that people paid them on on Steam. Yeah, this is this game has been – it's tapered off a bit in February. Like, you're not seeing it going as wild as it was. But, man, when it came onto the scene, it made a splash. I've never seen a I, I've re- we've rarely ever seen a game take off like that. I don't even think that like Among Us or uh, or Fall Guys had that kind of momentum behind them. Well, keep in mind, there's a lot of the people who are playing it are older former Pokemon players oh. who've given up on the on Pokemon because forget about gameplay. It's just that all the character sprites look janky, and in Pal World, all these creatures look great. You know, they're almost at a Ratchet and Clank level. Yeah, like, that's one thing that people have been clamoring for forever is 4K Pokemon, and like, oh, sorry, uh, and Pal World isn't Pokemon, like, it doesn't play like Pokemon, but it's close enough to, like, instill a little bit of that feeling. I just can't wait to see duels in which people are, you know, just have an area in which they can just, you know, have Pokemon battles, but instead of just, you know... Attack, counterattack, attack, counterattack, it's all at once and with guns and bombs and everything else. Did you see where um, a lot of it is like, oh, not only can you enslave uh, Pokemon uh, pal, Pokemon pals, but you can enslave other humans, too. Yeah, I was. There's a lot of odd things you can do in that game. But, yeah, you. we saw a clip recently of uh, someone weakening another guy and then just throwing the little. I don't know what the Pokeball is in Pal World is, but he chucked it at him and caught the dude. Which, interesting. I don't know what happens after that. <laughs> well, you know, humans are animals. We'll see. Could it be an early access thing in which the game doesn't recognize the difference between humans and Pokemon yet? We'll see. Yeah. But, I, I, here's the thing. You can have games that have these huge hits in early acts and just seem to vanish even when they launch and you forget about them. So let's hope this one isn't forgotten about when it actually launches, whenever that is, maybe 2025. Yeah, it feels like it'll be a while, considering, like like we said, this one's rough around the edges. It'll take them a while to, pub, to polish up as much as they need to to make, this, uh, to make this the way it needs to be. Anyways, we're going to move on to the next item. 
Dead Cells designer Livid at former studio, and this comes from PC Gamer. Late last week came the news that seven years after its early access release, the original developers, Motion Twin, and DLC developers Evil Empire will be ending work on Dead Cells. Evil Empire was set up as a satellite studio to support the game and had been working on it for over five years, creating four DLCs and 18 updates, including the recent and excellent Castlevania crossover, but now says it's moving on to quote-unquote secret projects. The news didn't seem like an enormous surprise. Dead Cells has been wildly successful and has had great post-launch support, but now it's an absolutely huge game and seven years of updates seems pretty healthy. But the game's designer and a co-founder of Motion Twin, Sebastian Bernard, has a very different take. Bernard was asked about the announcement on the official Dead Cells Discord server. He answered, Since you're asking me, I'll just say that Motion Twin did the worst imaginable asshole move against Dead Cells and Evil Empire. Having seen firsthand the actual situation behind the scenes, I can honestly say I'm glad not to be a part of this anymore. The official statement is total marketing bullshit. The way this situation happened is on a whole different level. I never imagined my former co-op studio would turn out to be such greedy people. I wish the be- absolute best to um, Evil Empire for their next things, and hope people working there will survive this sudden economic cut. Bernard elaborated on those comments in a blog post which criticizes Motion Twin for, quote-unquote, a one-way strategy that leaves people behind and praises Evil Empire for having, quote-unquote, a true love for the franchise. Bernard spent 19 years at Motion Twin before leaving in the wake of Dead Cells' success, and apparently not on the best of terms. At the time he wrote that, following Dead Cells' launch and success, he'd move on to prototyping future games, but his relations within the team became more and more complicated. So complicated, he was asked to leave in December 2019. Uh, There's a story there that they're not saying. Um, I can guess what it is, though. I mean, probably uh, Evil Empire was forced to work long hours and not compensated and usual stuff. Yeah, like, it's it's... It's a shame to hear it this way out of him, because, like, based on the wording of the original thing, like, we already knew that Evil Empire was working on something new. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Motion Twin was working on something new. Um, And it sounded like Evil Empire was getting ready to prepare some new projects as well. And that, to me, just said that, like, you know, we spent so so much time on Dead Cells, and we'd like to make something new. It, I hope... I really hope it's more more mostly just that than than the what Bernard is saying because I don't know like he's been out of the company for a long time is he is he really like finger on the pulse of what's going on there I don't know it just sounds like it sounds like this uh, I mean I, like I said I wouldn't be surprised if if stuff was going on between Motion to an Evil Empire if Evil Empire was just you know taking advantage of that sort of thing. At least the game has stopped development, so now both companies can do something on their own. Yeah, and I'm interested to see what Evil Empire comes up with because they did do amazing work on Dead Cells for a long time. They did the they they did the Castlevania DLC, which was really cool. And they've done so much DLC and they've done so many updates for that game. Like I'm interested to see what Evil Empire does when it sets out on its own. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, they did a lot of crossovers too. I'm trying to remember all the mm-hmm. crossovers they did. They uh, they had uh, I think uh, the character in Dead Cells was in. There was like an indie game like party beat 'em up type thing, which had a bunch of characters from different indie games in it, and I think the Dead Cells guy was was one of them. 
Yeah, I know, but they also did a lot of um, they also did a lot of uh, you know, DLC for Dead Cells in which there was a crossover. Oh, mm-hmm. right, Guacamelee was was a DLC for uh, for um, Dead Cells, if I remember correctly. Yep. Uh, did Blasphemous ever do it? No, Blasphemous is just another type of game. Nah, but the Castlevania one was a big deal. That was a really cool one. Return to Castlevania. And the and just even the 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 original content that evil evil empire that they've put together since evil empire has been working on the game has been right. very, so, um, very impressive. The games that they crossed over with was Terraria, Risk of Rain, Slay the Spire, Hotline Miami, Katana Zero, and Shuffle Knight. I remember Katana Zero especially because there was a big deal about that one. Uh huh. That's wild. That's a lot of crossover. Yeah. But Slay the Spire but, is the most random. <laughs> the truth. Yeah. But I know for a fact that Motion Twin has its next game already planned out. Um, we haven't seen anything about the stuff that Evil Empire teased in its announcement that it was stepping away from the game. Um, but they uh, mentioned that they they made it sound like they have more than one project in the works that they want to show off pretty soonish. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see at least one or two indies revealed by Evil Empire before 2024 ends. Yeah. Next item, go ahead, Scott. Okay, let's see. EA flop Immortals of Avarium, Avarium uh, reportedly cost around $125 million. This is from Games Radar. A new report sheds some light on just how much EA invested in its single-player FPS Immortals of Avarium, which received mixed reviews and was deemed a financial flop. Immortals of Avium launched in August 2023 amidst one of the busiest years of game releases in history, bookended by behemoths like Diablo 4, Starfield, and Baldur's Gate 3, Ascended Studios, self-styled Call of Duty with Magic, missed EA's expectations by enough of a margin that about 45% of the studio's workforce was laid off shortly after release. That's That's really ouch, and I hadn't even heard of this game. Last year, I was so busy with other games. Um, studio CEO Brett Robbins has gone on record to blame Immortals' poor sales, uh, sorry, poor sales on last year's extraordinary busy release calendar. But an anonymous former Ascendant employee speaking to IGN said, actually, the concept of the game itself and its sizable budget were both fundamental mistakes and ultimately doomed the project. At a high level, Immortals was a massively overscoped for a studios to debut project. The former employee said the d- development cost was around $85 million, and I think EA kicked in $40 million for marketing and distribution. Sure, there was some serious talent on the development team, but trying to make a AAA single-player shooter in today's market was a truly awful idea, especially since it was a new IP that was also trying to leverage Unreal Engine 5. What ended up launching was a bloated, repetitive, repetitive campaign that was far too long. Yeah, also recently a uh, developer said that it was just a big mistake to make the game. Um, it has mostly positive reviews on, on Steam, but the problem is that there's only like 1,100 reviews, which should tell you the problem right there. <laughs> yeah, not enough uh, engagement like we were talking about with Power World, having ridiculous amounts of people playing it. And yeah, this, this game, I again, it didn't really seem to get a lot of attention because I don't remember it at all. So the marketing does seem to have failed there and they put in a lot it was here's really like, it was any attention it was like doom eternal but with the unreal engine 5 yeah yeah and the idea that a single player 
large scale game couldn't succeed is absolute bullshit to me. Like 2023 had Starfield, Robocop, Rogue City, System, the System Shock remake, and I think a few more that were like. I mean, we had Octopath, we had Sea of Stars. There were tons. No, no, he's saying about he's saying about first person games there. Um, yeah, first person shooters in particular. Because oh, yeah, oh, like 2023 was just a great year for single player games in general. But you can't say that that like the problem was that you made that um, a, a, a first person shooter can't survive in this market. Because last year was full of them. They they had a bunch of good single player shooters in 2023. You're talking about AAA. I mean, yeah, those are AAA. But I'm just saying the problem is it's going to make companies of you know shy away from doing it, which is why we need Kickstarter and other crowdfunded stuff. You know, they will come up with single player first person shooters and do really really well. And they say, oh wait, it wasn't the fact that we uh, you know it wasn't the fact that it failed because no one wants it. It's because of the fact that we've Placed it in a place that's death for us. I mean, you want a you want a good example of a game that was killed by bad a bad release date? Titanfall two. Absolutely. And you cannot yeah, convince they, they, me it was not a great game. They put it directly between the the Call of Duty and Battlefield games that year. Like in the same like one week one game, one week Titanfall two, and then one week the other game. That is the worst possible idea. <laughs> And Titanfall 2 outclasses both of them, you know, but it was the first time on PlayStation, um, you know, and it was, it had such a great single player campaign too. It was so good. But, you know, and then they just turned it into Apex Legends, which depresses the hell out of me. And you can't even tell me that, like, Call of Duty with magic is a bad idea because, A, Ghostwire Tokyo exists, and I love that game, and B... There's the Bioshock series, which is basically that idea. <laughs> you have good shooting, but you also have powers. And so, like, I don't know. Like, the I, I think the problem was a little bit more with the game itself than uh, than what it was. Oh, wait. Uh, what was the name of that game? The Might and Magic first-person shooter. <laughs> Dark Realms of Might and Magic? Something like that. Dark Messiah of, of Might and Magic. Wow, that was... Uh, 18 years ago. Remember Dark Messiah yeah. Ma- Ma- Might and Magic? Yes. That was a first-person action role-playing game with... And here's the thing. There's another game that's coming out that's going to be exactly the same way, and that's Avowed. So, we'll see. Yeah. It's, uh... It's good. Yeah, and, like, I would, I would like to hear the uh, sales numbers for Starfield at some point. I want to know how that game did. I know that people haven't talked about it a lot, but I do know that people were also enjoying it when they people, came out. People keep on shitting on it for some reason. And it seems like there, there's a campaign against it because it's because it's Microsoft and, and exclusive. I mean, people were releasing videos like, look, uh, there's a blank wall. You can't you can't run forever like they claim you can't. Well, that's because the person whoever was playing that version of the game was playing with a hard drive and the load times because were extremely slow. You know, you got you got to play with a heart with a with a uh, solid state drive or else it's just going to it's just going to be time. It's going to have to do the entire thing that uh, No Man's Sky did for people just to get over it already. Huh. Yeah, like it's yeah, I, I agree. It's 
like for what I saw for, when people were playing Starfield and sharing stuff of like their ships and the missions in the game, it seemed like it was fun. It seemed like people were having fun. fun. And despite and despite it, and I know that you've enjoyed it when you as you've been playing. I had to put it aside because I'm doing two things. One, I'm doing a playthrough of uh, Middle Earth: uh, Shadow of War for my show. And also, there's just a lot of stuff that I have to I have to tackle. I mean, there's almost no time for for a game like Starfield, which basically demands your time. Sometimes it's like it's it's like yeah, you want to play me? You're gonna have to sit down and play me, baby, because I'm not one of those games you can just have a 15 minute you know 15 minute little excursion. No, you got to play me for a few hours. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's the good thing about Immortals of Vium: it's single player. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about it being a you know a live service game and all of a sudden up oh, we're turning off the uh, the servers sucks to be you no for a single player it's going to be there and you don't have to worry about other players you don't have to worry about servers you can just play it you know whenever you feel like you want to play it and I think there's a big sale of uh, Mortals of VM on um, yeah it's sixty percent off right now so you can play it for uh, twenty four bucks. Or the deluxe edition is twenty eight bucks. So I mean, just uh, you know, it's um, although you know, you have you become a battle mage, and I always uh, associate battle mage with bad games because of Lich Battle Mage from a long time ago. That that action game that was based on Magic the Gathering. Do you remember that one? God, it yeah. was terrible. Anyways, you're gonna say something, TJ? Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that, like, I I, I think. This has bargain bin title written all over it at some and at some point even sixty percent off yeah that's pretty good and I'll probably if if it's in a Steam sale someday and I'm just bored I might pick it up but I don't know there's nothing really about it that really just screams by me that you have to you have to see this or anything like that. Anyways, look for our show notes at gamingpodcast.net along with industry news and our gaming history articles. You can join Fabex exclusive comments on our blog at gamingpodcast.net. Also, that's up at facebook.com slash gamingpodcast. Uh, something's going on with iTunes and, and the podcast. I don't know what's going on, but if you can, subscribe to us on iTunes. Try and leave some iTunes comments. Um, we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all.